Hey, welcome to Minor Details. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we're two designers in the big city. Sweating the small stuff. <sighs> Happy 100th episode, man. Happy 100th episode. Wow. It is an evening with minor details. It is. I think we got some this, champagne. This calls for a celebration. Nick, did you ever think this day would come? I, I honestly don't know. I I feel like... You know what they say? I think after you reach like 15 podcast episodes, then you're destined to just podcast forever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Let's All right. All right. Let's see. Oh, that's nice. We don't. Yeah. Ha- we don't have champagne glasses. I just have some plastic cups. <laughs> that's fine. That's very, very future Nick. An optimistic future with Nick. Yeah. And speaking of which. You just launched your new like brand and website and yeah. everything. Well, I think, you know, the listeners know I've been working on it for a bit. Um, I think we kind of teased it a while back. I think maybe in the We're Back episode. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. I think it's just been this long journey of something I've been obviously wanting to do and I have been doing it you know Mm -hmm. I have been creating furniture and lighting and licensing it out especially under this kind of new uh, studio practice with a kind of a vision and a mission Um, and again just to like maybe just to reiterate the mission the mission is now to design objects that embrace a delightful future yeah I think it encompasses kind of all the the values that I have around design nice one Um, hey chairs cheers man I have this joke among my friends that about this guy that doesn't know that it's cheers. He's just always thought it. People were saying chairs, <laughs> which I feel like is very well suited for chairs. for you and for a design podcast and for your new brand. Um, but chairs. Yeah, man. So um, yeah, we, we have a kind of a special episode, right? Yes. Cause we're just going to let people call in to the podcast. Yes. And we put up a phone number, so people might call the phone number, but we also are live on Discord, so it might bring some people up in a second or maybe later. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, yeah. Who knows? If some crazy person comes in, we'll have to edit that out, but uh, <laughs> um, we'll see. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess, well, a couple things we also wanted to do. I also wanted to look back at our one of our first... Uh, uh, episodes. Yeah, let's do it. Um, well, we can also look at... Oh, we're getting a call right now. Should we just answer the call? We should answer the call. Uh, oh, no. Do you know how <laughs> to answer the call? The pop-up is... Oh. Hello. Hey, welcome to Meyer Details. You're live. How's it going? All right. Hey, hi. It's Derek Cassio. Derek. Hey, Derek. <laughs> Thanks for calling I, in. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for the uh, shout out the other week. Uh, I really appreciate it. Wanted to say hi to everybody. And um, I'm actually in California right now getting some stuff produced. So we'll have some uh, exciting news on that soon. Nice. Does this have to do with, yeah. with the Thirst Burster brand? It does indeed. Nice. It does indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very exciting. And, and uh, um, Congratulations yeah. on a successful Kickstarter! Yeah, thank you very much. First day, it was pretty pretty wild. Um, we did it in about eleven and a half hours. So 
that was uh that was pretty nuts that's awesome Derek, well, yeah. So what are we talking about today? What are you guys? Well, we we just started the podcast, and we're we're trying out this new method. I don't know how it's going to go, but I mean, it's fun to just like talk to people and hang out and uh, celebrate the hundredth episode. So, yeah, I think we're going to like listen back and watch back uh, one of our first episodes. Maybe we'll also watch one of the videos too, just to see how far we've came. Oh my god! But, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I love it. A retrospective. That's great. But Derek, I mean, for those of you, well, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, for yeah, those of you who don't milestone. know, Derek was, I don't know which order, like which number interviewee. 57. 57? No, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> um, but it was a great episode. Maybe I'll flash it in the video here, yeah. which episode we interviewed Derek on. But it was a, it was a great episode. Derek's got great energy, great podcast energy. <laughs> Um, well, anytime, uh, anytime you guys want me back, I'm happy to come back. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Congratulations again on a hundred episodes. Keep it up. I love listening, tuning in. You guys bring a lot of great information and I love the perspective. So, um, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Derek. Thanks Thank you, Derek. All right. See you, fellas. Later. Bye-bye. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what we're talking about now. <laughs> we were going to watch oh, right, or right, right. listen to the first episode. Yeah, let's let's see if we can. Oh, that reminds me, we rebranded minor details. We what? We rebranded minor details. Oh yeah, we rebranded. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I say what because like I did it. <laughs> Nick did it, and I'm like, huh? What? Um, well, you signed off. You gave your executive. Sign yeah, off. I mean, I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I been out of commission for the last two weeks so i don't even i'm not even paying attention to things that are going on in the real world but um yeah yeah i think um uh well maybe just to talk about the rebrand right quick obviously well i don't know how you i don't know if you know the story about the first brand how i designed the first brand i don't know that story no or you don't know that no or, I, or I, the listeners don't know it. I don't do think, you know that I don't story think nick i'm the only one that knows because i did it <laughs> do you know the story of how you came up with the brand for minor details yes i literally just took uh montserrat and then put an asterisk and typed out minor details and then called it a day <laughs> and i thought well you know it just needs a little bit of some some uh i don't know tlc you know it needs a little minor detail yeah know? So we essentially just fill it to fill it in the asterisk. <laughs> That's all we did. Is it fill it or is it a G three? Oh, curve? it's G three, hundred percent. You know, I wouldn't God. do anything less. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think it looks great. I like the the refinement. Yeah. You I know, th- just as we're refining. I mean, as we'll see from the first episode and also the first video, this has always been a process, just like any good design process. Yeah. Continuous refinement. Exactly. Less but a little bit better. Yeah. We got a new website too. It has all the episodes in uh, archives so you can easily pick episodes. Mm. We got a shop which doesn't have anything in it except for our old Minor Deals pin. We might put some stuff in there eventually. <laughs> do you still own info, that sweater that the pin is on? I do actually. <laughs> is the pin still on it? No. Oh. I don't wear that sweater. It's I usually wear a black sweater. Um, yeah, you, yeah. When you came to New York, you just, you just adopted the New York uniform wholesale. Yep. Did you wear all black in Texas? No, no. Well, I think all black is just easy, man. You know, it just looks good. It's easy to wear. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Slimming. Let's see here. Let's pull up this uh, first episode. You ready for this, James? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to Minor Details. <laughs> hey, I'm Nick. And I'm James. <laughs> this is the first podcast we're doing together. Uh, it's It'll be interesting. For those of you who don't know, this is a design podcast. We talk about design and... Uh, I don't know, whatever's on our mind. Yeah, this is probably like the sixth conversation that Nick and I have actually had together. Is it really? And, and it's like going to be recorded and released to the world. Um, yeah, a little bit about us. My name is Nick Baker. I'm a designer. We're both designers. We Thanks. Both, we, both, uh, Thanks. we both do consulting work in New York City. Yeah, I, I uh, worked in Texas designing pet toys for a while, and now I moved up to New York like four months ago it's been good um yeah i don't know what what do you what do you got going on james uh yeah i'm james connors aka i draw on receipts um i am a freelancer in new york city living in brooklyn and uh yeah oh my my instagram handle is nick p baker oh i had to plug it just always gotta plug yourself <laughs> We do a lot of sketches and stuff on Instagram, so check that out if you guys are interested. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we uh, how do we meet, James? That was a good. Uh... I don't know that we've gotten any better. I feel like I feel like we're just kind of we're at the same level that we've been at. We have better microphones. We do. <laughs> we have better equipment. The conversation is still giggly. Is still. Uh, you know, awkward at times, but hopefully charming. I feel I like know. I try not to interrupt you too much. Sometimes. Did you interrupt me a lot uh, in the beginning? Well, I feel like so, when I go back and edit, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I should, I should have just let James talk a little more. Oh no, I feel like I, I feel that way. You feel like you interrupt too? I feel like I interrupt or go on like long-winded tangents that go nowhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know, sometimes I don't know what, how to finish, how to, like, tie a nice little bow mm. on a tangent, and so yeah. I go, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I also kind of wanted to pull up the video one. Oh, yeah. Because if you recall, we used to do the podcast in my bedroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and the, I think there's even a video of us doing, we used to do mi micro details? No, we Well, didn't. there was major details after the pod. Right. And that's when we were already like, you know, a full, split a full bottle of wine and we were feeling it and we were just yeah, hanging out. Yeah, that's one thing is this, this, uh, this has suddenly become a dry podcast. Well, we, we, we have drinks at lunch and then we yeah. have a coffee, but we don't, we don't, uh, you know, loosen up during the show. I wonder if you could tell a difference. People, people <laughs> might have to go back and listen, see if we're funny. I'm definitely hitting on you a lot less <laughs> these days. Um, wait, so we, so the first video has the intro here. I us D I S. Um, welcome. If this is your first time listening, we like to talk about nice design and crack. our lives, and we're just freelancers in New York. So yeah, and if it's your first time watching, right? We got. We're trying to include a video element. Yes. Hopefully it'll work out. <laughs> we'll see. Otherwise, we'll just cut this whole section out of the podcast. Um, I think we'll upload it to YouTube on, I guess, Minor Details YouTube? Yeah, we're going to... We'll figure it out. We're going to create a, a new account, yep. Minor Details. I think I'll 
upload some of the major details after the pods <laughs> okay. since we already have those recorded. Yeah, if you guys never tune into major details after the pod, <laughs> it's hard to catch because it's just on the whim. It's it is pretty you elusive. Ne- you never know when it's going to come. It is the Mew Two <laughs> of. Uh, uh, after podcast live shows. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Uh, been, I love the the obscuring of our <laughs> of our mouths. Right. We have the big. Uh, what do they call it? The spit. Yeah. Like, spit I don't know if anybody knows this, but we've actually been targets of the CIA, uh, <laughs> and they we, can't get into our audio because it's encrypted. But they can read uh, our mouths, our lips. our lips. We definitely look like James Bond right now. Yeah, just two James Bonds. Does James Bond? I mean, James Bond normally wears a tie. Right now, we kind of look like an uh, an '80s indie band. Um, is what I would say our current aesthetic is. I think James Bond wears a bow tie, right? To yes. tuxedo. Yeah, 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 he wears a bow tie. Have you ever worn a bow tie in your life? No. Uh, I, actually, I think I dressed up as James Bond for Halloween once. <laughs> so I got like a bow tie from the Halloween you got store. A, you got a clip on? Yeah. Uh, or I made it. I think my dad has like the 12 Days of Christmas bow tie collection. I don't know where he got it from. Um, I kind of want to look at his it. major details because I think this is the one where we're just against the wall and it's just like blank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. In your bedsty apartment. Yeah. I oh yeah. Just just look at this. Like developing cognitive skills. This is why por- are you portrait sitting mode? slightly behind like, me? Why don't we ever talk about that? It's when portrait it comes mode. To devo- to a- <laughs> it was just portrait. We mode. were trying to squeeze yeah. in because I think we were doing Instagram Live. But look at my room, man. It's just this like cream. Like <laughs> looks like an insane asylum. <laughs> I can see. Uh, there's yeah there's a there's a strap chair peeking yeah. out in the background and it's funny because we're currently also looking at the strap chair yeah so just i mean the strap this is a celebration for the strap chair as well it's, it's been it's long. been around for a while yeah yeah i think i usually have it back here too but not today yeah um man yeah i feel like we've come a long ways there's also some videos of the the you know the first video was facing that back wall, mm-hmm. but then the next video is us at my desk, kind of like across from each other. Oh, yeah. And that's because I covered my entire room with foam. Do you remember mm-hmm. that, James? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two full walls of egg crate foam <laughs> <laughs> to try to cut down the noise. Yeah. None of of the aspects of my life were inconvenienced <laughs> due to this podcast. It was mostly Nick. Well, you know, you have you have a, a wife and family and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know how a egg crate foam would work in your house. Yeah, it might actually be beneficial. It's like baby proofing the apartment. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny because like you look back through the episodes, and I especially with the because I know that we had issues with the audio. People were always complaining about the levels. Yeah. Um. I think because I was turning away from the mic a lot mm. was was one of the complaints that I remember about me. Yeah. Um, and then the video, it's funny, for a while we were recording on my phone. Yeah. And that cut out a few times. Because it and, went out of storage. Yeah. And I was also like, I was also editing the video. It would take me like a full day to edit the video because I was like putting together an InDesign file of all the like things that we brought up during the podcast and then we switched to what was it o- obs yeah 
um, and we got a webcam and suddenly the video quality went, got so downgraded, <laughs> but it allowed me to like, you know, switch between screens. So I had to do no video editing whatsoever. Right. Now people do miss the screens. I've seen that. Yeah. In a few we need a producer. We need like, because you know, I, when we came back to like, when I, when I moved back to New York right. and we, we brought the pod back, I was like, I don't want to be these like two guys like drinking and talking over our laptops. Like I want it to be a bit more relaxed yeah. than that. I want to just be sitting here chatting. Right. Like it's helpful. Yeah. I mean, it would be helpful if we had a producer type person who we could just be like, yeah, bring up that or yeah, like yeah. we wouldn't even have to tell them. They could just like, we could just sit here and talk. We need a yeah. Googler. We need a live Googler. Um, but, but uh, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Should we... Uh, we, we have some, like, design news and stuff. Um, Do you want to talk about... Let's talk about some design news and, and uh, you know, we've got... We've still got an hour and 40, 38 minutes. Yeah, so this here. could be a long podcast. We're going yeah. straight through. Just full two hours. ease in. This could be our longest podcast, actually. Uh, What's I, our longest podcast? Well, yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of the interviews that we did, we ended up breaking them up That's if true. they were like two hours into one hour episodes. Um, I It's so funny to me. Like my, I know that my dad, like if I send him a podcast that's longer than an hour, like he thinks that he has to sit there and like intently just listen to that and nothing else and do nothing else. And I'm like, no, the purpose of a long form podcast is that you're doing other things. Yeah. You can like, you can, you can hop into the metaverse as, (laughs) as Nick is doing right now. Yeah. I got the quest pro man. Um, (laughs) and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just hit, you just uh yeah hit up against the edge of the metaverse, which is uh happens to be a microphone. Um, <laughs> the controllers aren't working. So I have some. I have some. Oh wait, here we go. Uh, what should the controllers be doing for people who are watching? Are you gonna record what you're doing in there? No, no. Are we I, gonna Are we gonna overlay? Oh, James, I have so many audio and video things running right now. I don't think I can handle it. Oh my. Okay, so now I have now I have mixed reality on. Uh, so I can see you now. Okay, so this feels much more natural. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe I'll just wear this whole episode. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got the little Quest Pro, man. Uh, I have some thoughts on it. I thought I might do a little review. Um, do you want to try it out? Yeah, sure. I'm about to find out how much bigger my head is. I try to loosen it up. Wait, does this have a... Yeah. Well, my glasses yeah, it go should, it should against fit. the... Wait, am I doing this the right way? Yeah. Loosen up, loosen up. I'm going to loosen this piece up, too. Ah. What do you think? Can you see? No. (laughs) Can't see. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, How's it look? Here's here's controllers, too. Um, I just shut it. How did, did I shut it off? Oh, there we go. Well... It looks like I'm looking at you through a camcorder that I bought in like 1996. <laughs> we also don't have, you know, we have the mood lighting set in here, so it's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, I guess I'm seeing some mixed reality. 
Right. So here. if you pull your right trigger, right trigger finger, it'll draw. Oh, mm. I see. Um, cool. Yeah. I So it's 1500 bucks, and there was definitely a lot of kind of, I would say, critical reviews of the Quest Pro. I almost feel like the Quest Pro is just designed for us, like just designers, because <laughs> it's the real value of it is mixed reality. It's that color pass-through, um, yeah. which I had on the Valve Index, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but it was, you know, the valve was definitely, uh, kind of, you know, run its, run its life and it definitely was kind of becoming a lower end headset. Um, and the quest pro is definitely a worthy upgrade to that. I will say like, there are a few things that are a little different about it. I think, um, you know, in my mind, it kind of feels like the V one, like Mm. I feel like there is definitely going to be a better headset at some point. Um, well, but, for sure. But it feels like, you know, the Quest came out, the Black Quest. And, you know, that was like the first like standalone headset and everyone could buy it. Um, and it was like still a little clunky. And then the Quest 2 came out and that felt fully resolved. Mm. Whereas I feel like the Quest Pro definitely feels pretty good. But it's there's a few little things here. I, I don't know what it is about my head. But it, <laughs> it's not as ergonomic as I. Are you going to get surgery on your head to better fit? I should just get surgery, VR headsets. Surgery to like mount it directly on. Just put mounts on there. Yeah, you know. Brackets. Um, uh, the. Yeah, I would say it's like incrementally more comfortable than the Quest Two. I wouldn't say it's a leap ahead of the Quest Two in terms of comfort, because it is a little heavier. Um, but it's a little more balanced. It definitely it rests on your forehead instead of your face now on your cheeks, mm. which is nice. But it's also like still weight on your forehead. I will say one thing is uh, the 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 guard on your face doesn't go all the way around. So now you can like text and look down at your hands um, while you're using the headset, which is like good and bad. Sometimes I feel like the the light comes in. And it's like kind of distracting and mm. I wish I had a full headset, but then other times I'm like, Oh, it's kind of nice to like look down and check my phone if I need it. So has this, can I, can I just take a look at the device itself? Yeah. Has this, has this made its way into your like general workflow? Yeah. So, you know, there's a few, I was using the valve index a lot. And the one thing that's really nice about the quest pro is I don't have to have the lighthouses. So I have these like, you know, IR mm. sensors on the ceiling or in the studio and then they just kind of looked ugly and people were like, are those security cameras? And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I just want to get rid of them. Um, so that's nice to just clear up the studio. Um, but I will say right now, uh, meta hasn't quite opened up the pass through on the PC mode. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's this, you know, the pass through is great. Um, and you know, you can just grab the headset and use it anywhere. I like to connect it to my PC because then I can drag and drop files. It's really easy. I have all my files there. Um, and when you connect it to the PC, there's a lot. it kind of changes the, the system, the software, a little bit. Um, so it's using the PC power and just kind of streaming to the headset. Hmm. Um, and so there's still some like things there that I wish were uh, unlocked. So the Quest Pro connected to the PC via AirLink doesn't have pass-through yet on Gravity Sketch. I'm hoping they'll open that up. I mean, it seems like they should. It's like a device that's expensive and kind of made for it. So yeah, um, I'm just I'm just sort of appreciating the ID right now because yeah. I it is very beautiful and feels very well resolved. And and there is this kind of 
interesting little charging. Oh. Uh, which is like, it's nice because it gives the thing a home, but it's also like a little bit, it's like kind of small and like you got to get it on there, right? Um, <laughs> which I understand. Like, okay. Kind of like, obviously they had a... And then you put the controllers in there. Yeah. You kinda I'm, had really, like... I'm really digging this, this like sort of singular surface that goes from the side like mm -hmm. over the top yeah. of the um that is nice the gog like the goggle what what do you, what would you call this area the the window the <laughs> the, the <laughs> i don't know what you call that area i mean if, if these were ski the goggles this would these would be the goggle right and the armband but there's just sort of this continuous surface from like what is essentially the armband over the top of the goggle yeah and i also like they have sort of this elliptical mm -hmm. thing going on here, which I feel like there's sort of, I feel like there might be a slight resurgence of the sort of like 90s retro futurism going on. Are you saying ellipses are coming back? I am saying ellipses are coming back. Oh, you heard it here first, y'all. <laughs> ellipses are coming back. Pills are, <laughs> pills are passe. Ellipses pills are, are out, man. Throw away your pills, okay? Uh they're expired. Yeah, I mean, I I think I actually sent you a message once that I was like ellipses. They're next. That's did. that's I think next. I saw that. that is next. And I, um, so yeah, and I love like little details like this. The charging port is aligned where this like where this terminates mm, mm -hmm. from underneath the goggle right. up into the armband. The that charging port aligns right there. Yeah, which is like. You know, and these I, are magnetic, which are, which are nice. The little like blinders on the side. Oh, I'm assuming the they they sell a full blinder, which I might get, which are is probably also a big thing. Is it just a trash bag? Um, it's just a hefty trash bag that just wraps that around it, put over your head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, this is great. Oh, I'll show. I'm gonna show you this other little minor detail here, James. Ooh. So on the controllers on the bottom, let's see. There is this lanyard obviously so you don't like throw the controller across the room and when you're playing video games um and it's in there tight in order to get it out you push down and you twist and mm. it pops out oh just look at that little metal bracket there oh my gosh so, i mean definitely can't see that on the video but you know <laughs> um <laughs> um and then if you want you can put a, a little nub in here a little stylus tip uh so you can write with it which i tried in gravity sketch and it 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 works. Uh, I don't. What does I'm this still nub look like? Uh, this is this is striking me like first generation Apple Pencil awkward. That's one thing is like they were so tiny and small. I'm like I'm gonna lose these, and I, yeah. they're definitely lost. I don't know where they are. Oh man, <laughs> I like this texture on here. You know, it, it just occurred to me. Do, do all of these controllers like owe some debt to the Wiimotes? Like, are were Wiimotes the like archetype for? I'm thinking of like the nunchuck, right? Because you had straps. Yeah, because that was the first time you were like throwing controllers around. <laughs> is that is that right? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Uh, yeah. I mean, that seems to be like. I think you might be right, right? At least, like at another... least front in consumer electronics, that yeah. seems to be like the first case where where you s saw something kind of like this. Certainly the most popular one. There yeah. might have been something earlier, but... It ha yeah, um, I don't know. Somebody can fact check me on that. Yeah, so I think maybe just to like 
give my opinion on the Quest Pro. I feel like for me specifically, it was needed. I wanted an upgrade. I use Color Pass through all the time when designing. And so the 1500 or 1600 bucks was worth it. I think for really anyone else, unless you're a power user, I would probably wait or get the Quest 2 or whatever just to like use Gravity Sketch casually. Yeah. But since I use it all the time, it's like I needed it. Yeah. Um, so it feels like it was only designed for me, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Hopefully that helps helps you all. I know a few people were asking about it, so I just wanted to put it in audio format. I, I think um, right now what we're going to do, since that the review is over, I think we're going to call a special guest. Okay. Nick, can you put in that number and yeah, not yeah. say it out loud so we don't dox, <laughs> okay. dox this person? Um, but this is a very special person in the minor details history um, I think without this person's contribution, uh, we wouldn't quite have the vibe that we have today on the pod. He really sets the tone. Yeah. All right. For real, every episode. Let's see. Let's, let's see, see if we, we can here. get him on the, on the horn. Oh, the anticipation. Hello? Hey, Mikey, it's Nick and James. You're live. Hey, how's it going? Good. So we just wanted to we wanted to have you on the podcast because I don't think people really know about the story behind <laughs> this. So this this is the one and only <laughs> Kiyoshi the Kid, Mikey Robbins. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the story behind the story behind the intro. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, man, it's like a pleasure. I mean, I don't think we've ever talked to you. I've never talked to I you. I think we talked to him one time <laughs> on like a, a after the pod oh, thing. Wow. I think we brought him uh, in. Okay, okay. But, but this is yeah. the first. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember I remember you guys had a live um, on Instagram. And I was, I believe I was in junior year uh, of, of, um, of university. And I was kind of frantically trying to explain my industrial design projects to you guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, as you time. do, I still do that every day at work. Right. That's the, that's the whole yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in terms of the, um, the intro, uh, basically I, I, I mean, I, I started following both of you guys before you even started the podcast, I believe. And, um, you had put a, you put an Instagram story up saying, Hey, we're looking for someone to do the intro for our podcast. If anybody knows any uh, musicians, uh, please reach out. And I, I thought, Hey, why not? Like, let's, let's, let's try it. You know? Um, and so I, sh I shot you guys an email and uh, you listened to some of my things, you gave me a couple ideas and I just kind of got to work. And the first thing that I made clearly struck a chord because you guys were you guys were into it yeah i mean i i remember and i was listening back to it oh gosh and now i'm gonna blank on the name of the song but i feel like there was one song especially of yours which was like this is the guy that needs to write our theme song <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna look it up right now maybe nick can talk to you a little bit more but I, and I think, yeah. I think we were also, I, at the time I thought I was like listening to other podcast intros and I really liked, I, I don't think they use it anymore, but the H3H3 podcast, their theme song. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sort of looking for something in that vein to just sort of like set the tone for like what's going on. But yeah, I mean, I yeah. still, I, I still get so like hyped up listening to, to the theme song. It's, it's iconic now, Mikey, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> Thank the you. theme song. Thank you so much. Um, you know, well, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I made the music and it was inspired by the energy that I feel from your show. It's like very <laughs> kind of quick, you know, snappy. You got some hot takes here and there to catch people off guard. And, um, just kind of going with it. Mikey, I just want to know a little bit more about what you're up to nowadays and if music is still a part of your life. Has it been like a hobby to you or what? what, what is it to you? And, and also, what do you do in your full time? Because I think you're also a really yeah. great designer. Right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I basically, from a young age, I, I've, I've been drawing, been very visual for most of my life, but music has been kind of a hobby for me. Um, I started producing maybe 13 years ago, um, just, you know, in my bedroom alone, as, as a lot of people across the country do. Um, and it was really fun. Uh, and I did actually try to pursue it professionally as well. And I learned very quickly that um, turning a hobby that is truly your hobby um, into a profession is very difficult. Um, finding a lot of emotion, like when someone would say, oh, this is not what I'm looking for, feeling emotionally distraught, you know, like this is my baby and someone won't love it um, <laughs> like I will. And, and it was very difficult. Whereas design, on the other hand, I went to California College of the Arts um, and graduated with a bachelor's in industrial design. Um, was a very different thing. It's problem solving. Um, you know, you have a you have an issue. It's 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 going to work or it's not going to work, and then you you work together to solve that issue. Um, and uh, for me, music was more of a, a feeling, an emotion, and and you take that emotion, you create something hopefully beautiful with it, and uh, in hopes to invoke emotion in other people. And so, um, I feel like I was able to turn my passion in terms of visual arts into a career much more uh, seamlessly than I could with music. Mm. So nowadays, uh, you ask, like, what am I doing now? I don't really make music much. Um, The only time I make music is if I'm jamming with my girlfriend on her koto or or just having fun, um, messing around with friends. But right now I am doing a couple things. I'm doing freelance footwear design, um, and I've just started diving into 3D motion production. Uh, design. So working um, through Cinema 4D, doing animations, um, and even sometimes there, I will bring in my sound design hat and kind of work on um, some of the sound for those um, videos as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, I mean, sound Thanks. is such a underrated part of design. I mean, I know we talked about it on the podcast a couple of times, but, you know, it's it's if you make a button that sounds weird or you make a sound on the, yeah. the computer that's like off, it doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I feel like there's stories yeah. about Steve Jobs having the Mac boot up sound. I know there's a story about that, but it's a famous story. I can't remember. Oh yeah. And there, well, yeah. Brian Eno famous, um, he did the windows, he did up, the right? windows yeah. startup. Um, right. yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was thinking about it, Mikey. I mean, I did some laptop, music back in the college (laughs) days which i've totally abandoned at this point yeah but i do feel like there was a there was something that clicked with me when it came to like iteration because i didn't realize that uh, like 
I had been like iterating creatively with music right. because like the way that I would record music was just like in loops and I would just like be trying out different stuff all mm. the time because like, I feel like for a lot of people, iteration is kind of a new concept when they get into design school. Interesting. Like to 100%. explore so many new ideas. Like I feel like people maybe think like, Oh, I need to have a couple ideas, but to like have like 20, no. you know, like hundreds. Yeah. And especially when it comes to music, but I was curious, Mikey, like you say that like there was, there was an emotional aspect to, to music and, and maybe not as much of an emotional aspect to like, you know, the, the design side for you. But I feel like your designs, especially the ones that you post on Instagram do feel very emotional, like in, yeah, in terms of, sure. you know, cool. what yeah, like, do you feel like you, you've completely removed that emotional element or are you just channeling it in a different way now? That's a, I think I, I'm definitely channeling it in a different way. Um, and I think your, your point on iteration talks about this. Like, as, as a young designer or even just a young artist, when you make something and you, you see something in your head, right, and you want to put it down on paper, and when it doesn't come out right on paper, you crumple it up and you throw it away for the most part. Um, and it takes years to kind of realize that that first sketch can become something so much more if you don't throw it away. Um, and with music, it was like, when I would make a track, I'd be like, all right, this is it. I'm done. Next project where design is a lot more like, okay, what have I learned from this project and what will, how will it translate into my next project? And in terms of emotion, you can take those points that you're like, okay, that makes me feel this certain way. I like that. Let's put that aside and use that later. Um, whereas music for me was maybe it's because I didn't go to school for music and I'm still in that elementary phase of quote unquote design where I make something and I go, okay, that's done next. Or I make <laughs> something and I hate it and I go, okay, let's get rid of that. I never want to hear that ever again. Yeah. Um, but well, with, with visual design, I've learned to kind of embrace that. Right. Well, also with music and with any like, you know, truly artistic endeavor, it's not like there's anybody, mm -hmm. especially when you're starting out saying, I want, I, I have these criteria and I need you to execute on that. It's like, yeah. you have to create your own criteria right. Gotta find it in your, in and your then, heart. and then show, and then show that result to your friends, your family, to you know, whoever will listen and then like get a critique of like, Oh, yeah. like that thing that you put together based on your like emotions and like all the curating of things that you like yeah. and things that you don't and like who you are as a person is just okay. <laughs> like maybe you should try again. Yeah, oh. no, it's definitely, it can, uh, when you put a lot of time into something and you feel a certain way about, it, and then you play it for someone and they're like, yeah, that's cool. You know, it kind of crushes you sometimes, but it's, it's the same with like a design critique, you know what I mean? And, and, to to stick it through and listen to their, to their feedback instead of just feeling defeated is like how you gotta think about, um, you know, design and, and pushing past your limits. Um, to the point, uh, that Nick was talking about where sound is super important in design, uh, I, I would employ you next time you watch a trailer, watch it in mute and then watch the same trailer with sound on and you'll get goosebumps the second time around because sound is just a huge part of our, even our visual like feedback, you know? 
Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. I'm really looking forward to when they get smell into those trailers. Oh, man, that'll be a whole other thing. <laughs> smell design. Yeah, in a couple of years, we'll be like, turn off the smell and listen to that and watch that trailer. I mean, I can't wait for smell vision I mean, that'd be, that'd be insane. Um, uh, I was, I think we should, um, we should also talk about the new track yeah. that you created yeah. specifically for this episode. It's, it's the midnight yeah. track, midnight minor details. Yeah. This is an evening with minor details. And I feel like that yeah. set the exact tone. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different. Um, I feel like now that you guys have kind of settled into the podcast, I didn't need anything too jumpy or too loud. You kind of. Um, I wanted to kind of feel like it had been aged a little bit, you know, mm. like some fine wine. So I decided to go for a slower, um, got some guitar in there. It's a little more of an acoustic feel um, and just slowing things down. And uh, and as I'd say, this one has a little bit more emotion, if, if you will. The first one's a lot more happy and snappy and kind of let's get going. And this one's like, no, 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 just sit down, relax, let's <laughs> yeah, have a conversation, yeah. you know? Do you play guitar, Mikey? Was that a real guitar or is that just on uh, your computer? Yeah, that's a that's a real guitar. I play some guitar. I play a little bass, um, play some keys. Just kind of like mess around until something sounds good and then I iterate on it just like you were talking about, Chance. Yeah. yeah. And you, it sounds like you had to dust off some of the old equipment to get to... to... Oh, man. Yeah. So I, when I got your Instagram DM, I was like, oh, crap. I looked back <laughs> I, at the emails and that was maybe seven. No, 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 no. Six, four years ago. Um, and the computer that I had been using to make music four years ago doesn't exist anymore. Oh, <laughs> <So> I, had <laughs> to, <laughs> I had to go digging in some hard drives and I still couldn't find it. So I decided, well, this is kind of an opportunity to rebuild it and make it something that it's never been. And so I, I took the track, I slowed it down, and I just played a bunch of different instruments over it. Um, found some new chords that I liked and just kind of ran with it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I, I had a blast. Um, and it only, it was like a couple days of like jamming. Then I got some really nice ideas down and some good feedback from you guys too. It's like you can, when someone says, you know, you make something for them and they're like, oh, it's perfect, that's fun. But it's better when they're like, it's perfect, but. <laughs> could need some work and then you're like okay great now i have something to work with rather than just kind of spit and work out there and not not you know not letting it grow to what it could be yeah have you gotten since you did that have you gotten the bug to make any new tracks or 100%. i have i set up a corner in my room to make music now i got i broke the bass out um, I've been jamming a little bit. It's, it's been really fun and I, I really do miss it. You know, when you get busy, um, with work, a lot of times you forget about the hobbies that you had. And so, yeah, uh, it was actually, I want to thank you guys. It was, it was a great opportunity to get back into making music. Yeah. Uh, thank. I mean, thanks Mikey. I think the, the new song sounds awesome. I mean, we'll put a link to it if you guys want to listen to the full track. Thank you. Um, but obviously you ha we have it yeah. at the end, uh, beginning and end. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you guys like it. It was a lot of fun. And and thank you for your patience, Mikey. I know I like messaged <laughs> you like, you know, that we were postponing to Monday and then we were postponing to, you know, fr like, you know, I I appreciate your patience and your flexibility in doing this interview. No worries, no worries. Um 
I mean, I can't expect you to, you know, be taking, you know, get sick and then come onto the podcast calling me with a frog in your throat. So that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, and and anytime, it's no problem at all. Well, I appreciate it, Mikey. It's been a pleasure talking, and uh, thanks again for coming on the podcast. No problem. Have a great one. Great chatting with you guys. Sounds and, good. Uh, congratulations on 100. Thank you. Thank you, Mikey. Take care. Later. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Kiyoshi the Kid. Oh, that was great. Um, I think it might be time. Do you think it might be time to bring up some uh, Discord people? Let's bring up some Discord people. All right. So I believe, uh, I believe people can raise their hand. We just have like the live stream going on Discord or the stage function. So people can just raise their hand and come up and chat. Um, we'll see if we have any people here. There's a few people listening. Raise your hand. I'm also going to tag everyone here. Letting the people know. I'm I'm amazed that Mikey hasn't been sounds like he hasn't been producing music in a while because he came back so quickly with you know once i gave the request of like hey can you give us a new a new track like a remix of the of the theme like he came back so quickly with a new version with like his his first iteration of that i it was it was really cool um All right, we gotta have people pop up here. I think they gotta raise their hand though. Okay, we have one request here. Tyler Anderson. Tyler, how's Mr. it going? Mr. Anderson. <laughs> can, you, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> uh, big fan. No, um, I don't know. I figured I'd be the first to raise my hand. But I just want to say it's been good to have you guys back and uh, have the podcast going again. It was probably a well-needed break, but um, you guys breathe some life into the community, and it's just it's great to uh, great to hear the discourse. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, what what have you been up to recently? Uh, man, these days, so still working at Enlisted. Also, uh, I I do want to just introduce Tyler. Tyler is half of Render Weekly. If for those maybe that yeah. don't yes. don't know. Yes, I'm the weekly side of, of Render Weekly. <laughs> is that a canned um, joke, Tyler? Or is that an original live on the Minor Details podcast? Dude, that was that is the first time anyone's ever heard that. Dang, joke. that's good. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so I run Render Weekly with my with my buddy Ryan. Uh, which we're on break right now, so um, probably gonna be on break for a little while longer and then pick it up in the new year. Yeah, I mean, every great Instagram industrial design duo needs a break now and again. Am I right, Nick? Yeah, you, yeah. You, know, you know how it is. <laughs> and uh, you come back better than ever. For sure, for sure. Uh, so you're at, you're at Enlisted. You guys just, yeah, and I feel like you guys just finished up your, like, the, the last season of Render Weekly. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a couple months ago now. Okay, actually, I have a good question for you, Tyler, because it better be good now. Oh, it is. It is. Where does Render Weekly stand on AI-generated images? Oh, because oh. because you guys, you know, I I did my little image and you guys reposted it and it made a 
it made us all question whether it was legal or not. Is this is this against the rules? You know, so I'm yeah. I'm curious to hear where you guys are coming in next season with AI images. Um, so that's a great question. So yeah, uh, Nick, for everyone who isn't aware, Nick is our only AI created feature image on Render Weekly. Uh, it was during our paperweights week, and he made like this little recycled aluminum paperweight prompt and we didn't we weren't really sure if it was it was right when ai images were kind of starting to come on to social media we hadn't seen many of them so i wasn't sure if it was a render or if it was ai but it was a cool design um and i think that is kind of where we stand is if we if we can tell that it's ai generated uh we, we don't feature those um, if you can, if you can blur the line, um, and if it's a thoughtful, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you've made it with AI or if you've made it as a rendering, the, the important thing is that you are communicating a thoughtful design and a high fidelity. Um, and I think some AI submissions or a majority of AI submissions, you can kind of see that they've been created with AI or they don't feel super thought through, but I think the paperweight was a perfect, it's kind of a perfect prompt to implement it on because the the functionality is, the barrier of functionality is so low, right? Yeah. It's just a, a heavy object. So we've played with the idea of like doing an AI week and just kind of getting it out of the way. Um, <laughs> That's actually but I think cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys know anyone over at like Midjourney or Dolly where we could somehow get a sponsor, because that's the tough thing is like it's um, or in the past when we were floating the idea, it's it's hard for like everyone to participate without everyone having an invite. Um, and we want it to be inclusive for everyone. Well, I do. But th I think that I think they have um, I think you can add Midjourney now to Discord, any Discord. I guess you have. Oh. there's probably trial versions, too. I think it's pretty open now. You have Stable Diffusion, which is free. Um, but yeah, I, the tools are always evolving. So next time you guys launch this thing, I'm sure there'll be something how, new to try. Tyler, how do you personally feel about AI design and yeah, and how it like does it affect your vision of of how your career unfolds? Do you use it in your practice? Explore. Oh, we've used it a little bit. Yeah, okay. um, I think it's. That's a good question. Um, I personally think it's going to be and is a great tool for designers to get videos flowing. I don't, I don't know that it's going to like revolutionize. Like it's not going to make our jobs obsolete, but I see it as being. I think there are parts of our jobs that AI will replace, and then we'll just focus on the more narrative and emotional connection side of design. Uh, I, th I an analogy that I thought a lot about is. Like there used to be a lot of graphic designers who were really like experts at typesetting and like printing and like laying down ink and then computer software came out that kind of replaced all that. And a lot of those skills were replaced. Um, but the people who had like strong soft skills and were able to translate into the software space were still good graphic designers. Like the, the soft skill of design is, is still important. Yeah. Where, the hard skills are always going to get easier and easier and easier. 
So it makes me it makes me sometimes wonder like will will visualization be such like a high barrier to entry skill set in the future with AI? I don't think so. Like I think things like you know being really technically advanced at knowing you know how to animate things or render things might be replaced or taken over but it's just going to make more space for people who are really good at telling story driven narratives through animation and rendering or you know it's just going to the threshold of of what it takes to be good is going to change yeah. yeah no i think you make a lot of good points i think you're right like at the end of the day it's going to be that soft soft skill of design that storytelling those the idea of understanding composition and and balance and all the all the intuitive parts of design yeah and the hard skills might change over time fade away some of them will yeah I, the thing that it makes me think is and i've uh i've just said think a bunch of times and i'm going to say it again so i've been thinking <laughs> yeah what do you think that basically like one of the things that you know star designers design directors, whoever it is, the advantage that they have is that they are oftentimes one step removed from like the execution of something right. that they are not the ones with pen to paper or hand to mouse or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And so they actually have sometimes a better, more critical view of what is being executed than the person who's doing the execution because mm, they're farther away they're further away and so i mean i think that like utilizing ai to further remove yourself from like oh i spent this time sketching this oh this sketch is so much better than this other sketch like you know there's there's this removal that happens which then makes it much more easy to have a critical eye toward what it is you're doing and 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 like what ultimately the better solution is or the better rendering scene or whatever right. it is like you're just you're just removing yourself from that which allows you to see it more clearly in a way and more critically yeah yeah i mean that's kind of where i've used it a bit it's like you I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast, but I'll take rough renders. Like I'll have an idea, I'll render it out really rough, and then I'll put it, I'll upload it and get variations on it from oh. AI because AI will do just things that I am so close to that I wouldn't do. Right. So interesting. I think, I think you're right. I think there's something there. There's some connection there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that point, James. Uh, I won't stay on too much longer, but I think like, I think there's such an attachment that comes out of spending time creating something that almost the longer you spend in the in the making process, the more attached you become. And it can be difficult at the end of that making process to like objectively look at your work uh, because you've spent so much time and so many hours finessing whatever it is, whether it's a model or a render. Yeah. That, the the less we can spend making and the more time we can spend or more time we can spend critically thinking and and testing the better and dreaming <laughs> yes dreaming it just gave me the, the most seductive stare after saying dreaming 
Well, yeah, uh, I'm just dreaming about, you know, the cool things you can make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Tyler, well I, well, I appreciate you hopping up here and chatting with us. It's, yeah. it's great to chat. And um, Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for, having, thanks for having me on. Awesome. All right, I think we'll pull up another person here. I also had to figure out how to... How to put Tyler back down in the crowd here. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Oh, there he goes. Okay. Um, yeah. w- would another brave soul like to like to come up to the stage, to the virtual stage? Oh, okay. We got Saviway. All right. Hey, welcome to Minor Details. Welcome, Saviwe. We have, I think your mic might, it looks kind of muted. See if you can uh, connect in here. Also, if anyone else wants to hop up, uh, I think if you just request now, we can always pull you up whenever we're ready. So, Some technical difficulties here, it looks like. Hey, that's just, that's just par for the course on a, on a live call-in episode do we have any more champagne left uh yeah and the rain is coming down it's a rainy day in new york but that's perfect for an evening with minor details (laughs) as we sit here by the by the proverbial fire all right oh there was there was some things happening here it looks like saviway is doing something with the mic Let's see, can I unmute? Is that is it a me thing? I don't yeah, I don't know. Um well if anyone else wants to raise their hand and pop up, we can get to CV way once he gets his microphone working. Ah, sorry about that, Saviway. Um, let's see. Do we have anything else that we were, uh, on the docket? Well, we we could talk about, uh, AI a little bit more because you had this idea about AI white labeling. Yeah. I mean, oh, Dave Joseph. Okay. We'll uh, we'll pause the topic then. All right. We got Dave (laughs) coming up here. Pause the topic. Pause (laughs) the podcast. Dave Joseph is coming. Dave. Hey. Hey, welcome to minor details. How's it going friends? Good. How are you doing friend? I'm good. Um, I'm sitting here finishing up my week and preparing to go to a Cub Scout meeting for uh, for my son this evening. So they're catching me between two things. Are you guys doing <clears throat> Pinewood Derby? You got that uh, that car all shaved down and polished up? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually ended up not making that one. I, I I opted against the idea of like bringing that was our first year in the pilot derby and I felt like coming in so hot would would not I just felt wrong. Yeah, you know? it's just a, it's I illegal to let a ID person do pilot derby because <laughs> it's just like they'll just yeah, everyone else is just put to shame. Yeah. I even even still I made a very simple wedge but just put a few coats of paint on it and everyone was like Mind blown. What is this <laughs> paint job <laughs> that, that is, you know, you can't see the wood through. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Actually, so the, the Pinewood Derby is coming up again in February. 
Um, welcome to Cub Scout Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's interested in coming, uh, I'll provide the details in Discord. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say, Dave, I am that much more impressed with your career and output now that I've had a child of my own. Uh, big kudos, yeah. uh, fellow ID dad. Yeah, and also I. For those who may not be aware of Dave Joseph, Dave Joseph runs Camp Studio. Yes. And episode 39, he was on. <laughs> I don't know. I, right. I don't know what it is. You got to look. <laughs> classic, classic episode. Number 39. Uh, I think as did, everyone remembers. Did you have a two-parter? <laughs> I don't know. Did Dave have a two-parter? I can't remember. 39 and 30 and 40. <laughs> he should have had a two-parter. If not, he's going to, we're going to get him back on the pod yeah. to give him the airtime he deserves. Um, oh, I would love that. How, I mean, since, yeah, since that initial interview, you launched Camp Studios. So I'm curious that's to right. hear more about that and how that's gone. And It's been interesting, you know, like it's it's been an interesting shift to go from, uh, you know, doing design yourself to doing design with others, you know, like where I'm sort of, I don't, I, I don't want to say like in charge, but like, you know, I'm trying to guide um, other designers to create, you know, uh, in the way that I want it to be created, you know, mm. and that's, that's a completely different exercise uh, than like just getting design work right. done. Uh, so that's been a, it's been a fun transition to, to try to, um, get better at communicating like how i mean it's kind of like what you're just talking about with um ai right like how do you give feedback and give direction that creates better outcomes that are more appropriate for the client and you know show the the collective skill set of the studio um and all you have is you know the, the skill set you have is like communication via you know words and and, and sketches and it's, it's it's very cool uh and it's, it's great to like see you know the team come together and create something that was you know not in, in no one it was in no one person's head it was like a, a an effort of all of us together to create something that you know uh, was better than it would have been if it was just me yeah so it's it's, it's been really rewarding in that way now is the studio is it a remote studio? Are you in the same area as the as the designers that you're working with? Do you have a steady team? Like what does what does Camp Studio like how does it manifest itself in the real world? It's a good question. So, uh we do not have an actual like studio building. Um we're sort of a distributed team. Um We've had we see we, we tend to draw heavily from the west coast, the northwest, in fact. Um, so we have a lot of people up in uh, Washington. Um, we have some team members that pop in and out from the the Bay Area in California. Um, we had some people in um, overseas. Uh, in I'm trying to think of the country at the top of my head i can't remember um belgium i believe so the, it's kind of like uh and in the the structure is like we have 
you know, I always tell people like, I can't, someday I really want to have, you know, full-time employees that I can give benefits and, and have, you know, a permanent spot on the team. Um, but until then the, you know, it's, it's very contract based and, and I, we try to like have a certain amount of hours that we, we try to provide for everyone that's involved. Um, but you know, it, 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 it kind of is like, as the projects come and go, we, we fluctuate and it's been really fun to see, you know, designers come on board and then, um, bigger, better opportunities come along and, and we kind of, uh, say our farewell, uh, and then sometimes we have them come back for, you know, short periods or small bits of projects or just to brainstorm on a new client. Um, so yeah, it's very like fluid in that sense, but we do have, you know, most people that, that come on board stick around for, you know, six to eight to, you know, 12 months. Um, but I, I do need to update my website because the team that's listed on the website, you know, is, I don't think anyone on that site is any, is oh. no longer. <laughs> so, um, uh, the website always comes last. Yeah. I, know. I, I, I might just actually like keep adding to it, you know, and it's just like a, it's more of a yearbook of people that have worked. That's cool. Maybe I'll turn off. That's what I'll do. Uh, Dave. Uh, you recently, well, you designed a project that or product that recently launched the reformer, Pilates reformer. Yeah, and it's it's it seems like a pretty big deal because it seems like it's the the Peloton of Pilates. Is that a good uh, way to describe? I it? think I'll remove myself from this conversation. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, no, it, it is a big deal. Like it's, um, it was a, it was a great startup and an awesome opportunity. I started out just doing, like, composite renderings for them of the old designed reformer, um, and they were frustrated with certain elements of it, and they couldn't get the design files. Uh, it's kind of complicated, but, um, <clears throat> uh, it, the opportunity arose to for me to sort of revamp the design and uh, I had built a relationship with the, the founders of the of frame and Melissa and Lee, they're, they're an awesome, they're a married couple. They're super dynamic, amazing people. And um, a, a lot of the success that the, that the brand is having is really based on, you know, the energy that they bring to the table. And um, yeah, so I, I got to redesign the, the reformer and it's, Basically, it's been it's been with the manufacturer um, for the last few months, where they're sort of refining the design for manufacturability, and that whole thing has been interesting because, like, I'm used to housewares and consumer electronics, which is one way of manufacturing. Um, but like a big run for a fitness equipment is like you know a, a thousand units is like a huge run, um, and it's all kind of like it's built on an assembly line, but it's, you know, built more like a car than, than, you know, the type of products that I'm used to building, which are, you know, uh, uh, way simpler, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, 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 they're, they're going to be starting production in a couple weeks and then shipping products in like January to the first, um, to the people that, you know, pre-ordered, so it's super exciting time. And, and the, the other interesting thing that I kind of is boggling my mind is they, 
they have a display on the reformer that has, you know, and this is like a year and a half ago. They're like, yeah, it's going to have like classes and, you know, and I was like, yeah, sure it is. You know, <laughs> of course, but <laughs> yeah, then sure, like to actually it. see the behind the scenes of them, like being in the studios with, you know, instructors on the reformer, like filming the classes. It's pretty, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool to see the amount of like work that goes into creating something that has all that digital and physical side to it that's awesome dave i mean it's a it seems like a, a big project and must be exciting to have uh, camp's name on that yeah definitely i'm very excited to have one of the reformers because i don't know if i was new to the whole idea of pilates um, but man it is like the hardest type of exercise to do i think yeah that like, i yeah i've doing, never done it yeah, me either. <laughs> well, okay. So I have one more, uh, one more quick question, Dave, and then maybe we'll let yeah. some other people come up. Um, on the episode that we recorded with you, you talked a little bit about your startup, Ovi, and I'm just curious oh, if yeah. there's there's any updates on that. Like, w- is there a projected release date yet, or like, you know, where where do we leave off? Um, and just yeah, you, know, so- you don't have to go too far into it, but just just to update the the listeners. Yeah, I will update. Um, so we we spent the last year and a half um, working with a uh, container manufacturer here in the U.S. Um, and I can't say too much about it, but that project um, was put on was essentially canceled about uh, a few months ago mm. um, due to the company sort of downsizing their efforts in you know, the digital space. So as much as that seemed like a, you know, it, it, it was a difficult blow at the time, but we kind of turned it into an opportunity. Um, so keep your eyes out. Um, we, we, we've, we've done the classic startup pivot and we'll be, um, we'll be launching our first product in the market. So we have the tooling done uh, and our first samples are showing up Um to our offices here in the end of the at the end of the month. Mm, okay. So a, a nice pivot yeah. and a nice uh, a nice let's say something, but not too many details. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. all good. That's all good, Dave. More to come. Um, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you popping up here, and uh, yeah, thanks again. I know you've been a avid listener and a supporter of the podcast, so we really appreciate it. Yeah, great to have you guys back making content. It's uh puts a smile on my face every week. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Really Thanks, appreciate Dave. you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to put push, push people back down. I think they just leave. You you're just playing like gopher. All right, let's see if we got uh some people here. I think uh I guess Saviwe got his mic working. Let's All right. See if we can get him in here. CB Way, how you doing? Nick. Hello. I think, I think we can hear you. Welcome to Minor Details. What's up, guys? CB Way, what, what time is it for you? It's quarter past one in the morning. Oh, oh. And you're, well, you got to remind us where you're calling from. Um,. Sunny South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. 
Um, well, we appreciate you hopping on the podcast. I think, uh, I think, uh, you just recently announced some of your projects with, um, I think it was, was it a, a, a restaurant? Right. Um, the bench and yeah, the, so, or yeah, what do, what have you been working on? So anyway? Um, so I started my own studio a couple of years ago, but then I won, no, I didn't win. I became a finalist in the Nando's design competition we have. Um, so context for people who don't know, Nando's is a global restaurant franchise that originated here in South Africa. And they usually have a biannual furniture competition relating to furniture to introduce South African furniture into the world, into the restaurants. So whenever you go into Nando's worldwide, you're looking at South African design and art. And I became a finalist in 2020. And then from there, I've been able to launch a couple of products through them. And now I'm producing those work right now. That's awesome. So your furniture is going to be in these, this restaurant around the world, right? Yeah, so actually I've done a couple places here in the country. And I recently sent a bunch of lights to the UK. That's awesome, Subiwe. Is that is it? So that's Nando's. I feel like I've heard about Nando's. I think in, there's a, is there a few? Yeah. In New York? Uh, are there in any the US? in New York? We have to look it up. There are a couple in America. So will your furniture show up stateside? It depends on the interior designers that side if they like my work. Oh, interesting. Well, we'll track down these. Uh, decision makers and uh see what we can do <laughs> yeah okay Please so we, here we go i got i got the list up here we got some in uh dc illinois maryland and texas and virginia so no none in new york yet looks but, like know. minor details is going on the road um but that's awesome so you, what so you just started your studio what um you have any other projects in the works or what is the focus of of what you're trying to accomplish um, so the, the studio is a consultancy, but since 2020 during lockdown, I decided to pivot from only a consultancy to also having in-house products that we sell as a way to show that we are capable of being able to take products from concepts all the way to production by doing it for ourselves and showing our clients or future clients that we actually understand manufacturing, even though we are a small studio. Yeah. I think that's a strong thing to have just to be able to like talk to your client and say, well, it's okay. I've done the whole manufacturing process. You know, I have it all, all worked out. Are you doing a lot of like yeah. woodworking or like what, what's the products that you are wanting to sell? I'm looking towards mid tier to high end furniture. Um, mostly in the vein of Muji but with an African spin. Nice. Sounds cool. I could do that. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I remember, I, I forget what show you were, you were putting up on the discord, but you had some really beautiful pieces that you shared on the discord of like, like some cabinetry that had this sort of like tilt, these like angles to them. Yeah. I think that was for Nando, right? Was the cabinet for Nando or was that something else? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was the last piece I've done this year. Um, I actually launched it earlier this year around June, 
and the ruling like for great success actually won best new coming design as a, a design show yet we have yeah in the country oh that's awesome congrats yeah congratulations well thanks guys <laughs> Well, I appreciate you coming up, Saviway, and, and uh, chatting with us. Do you have uh, any other advice or tips for maybe the listeners or, or uh, thoughts, you, last, last thoughts you have? Um, just lots of research, explore, uh, keep an open mind. Yeah, I think that's about it. Awesome. Oh, we, we, we have another call coming in here, Saviway. So I think uh, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> I, we don't we, know what we, we're we doing here. We appreciate your time, Saviway. Thank you so much for your support. No problem. Bye, bye. Bye. Do you know how to answer this call, Nick? Oh, no, we missed oh, it. Oh, we missed it. Oh, God. Wait, I think we can call it back. I think we can call it back. Can we call it back? Uh, I guess I wasn't thinking through that, that people could call us while we were um on discord <laughs> oh, i was I, actually i was actually thinking like about that oh oh my gosh okay um, nick i can't believe we just split a champagne bottle between us you haven't you know yeah, i yeah. haven't drank haven't like alcohol in like two weeks are you feeling it i'm feeling it we're doing a marathon of a podcast right now we are well, they um, might have left a. They li- might have left a voicemail. Um, okay. Well, Wait. So we can't not, call them back. We can call them back. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> we can uh, call them back. It just says. Oh wait, here we go. They did leave a voicemail here. Uh, let's see if we can call them back. All right, calling. No clue who this is. Could be a prank caller. Is somebody calling about our ex- the extended warranty <laughs> on our vehicle? That'd be hilarious if we're calling a... a... Hey, you're live on Mario Details. Who's this? <laughs> What's that? I think you're breaking up a little bit. Um. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. Hear. Okay. Uh, I had a question for you guys. I'm a long time uh, Congrats on 100 episodes. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, and my question was, uh, what do you do? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. Again. <laughs> Have you guys answered that already? Yeah, we can kind of hear you. Let's hear it. Um, yeah, so what, yeah, what do you guys uh, do sort of like creatively outside of design? And then what do you take from your design to apply to that and like vice versa are there any that you learn from creative pursuits from design that okay uh give insight to your design process i get it so he's saying what do we do outside of design creatively right that we bring back into our design process mm, okay yes and what was your name oh my name is alessandro uh i'm an industrial designer in san francisco alessandro awesome thank you for calling in yeah Big uh, big fan of Thank you, uh, Nick. Do you do anything let's creatively see. outside of design? Let's see. Yeah, I, this is a bad question for me because I just design all oh, the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. I I mean, I actually had somebody ask me this question recently. Yeah. 
And I will say that I've given up some of my creative pursuits outside of design just to focus on, you know, obviously like I'm, I'm married, I have a kid and this is not to be like, Oh, these they're taking up all my time. I can't do what I really love, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's uh, it's just like, I, I guess like I have focused, I've, I focused on my career, but I like, I would say if I had any sort of hobby, yeah, it's just like an interest in music and pop culture, yeah. like, and, and in a very, like, I mean, I am just very curious about current day pop culture and also just music and like, I don't know. I, I'm always trying to enrich my knowledge of music. I think like, I think music, you know, I think music is like the most democratic uh, art form and like the most relevant art form in our uh, in our current time yeah in in the modern era like I feel like that and comedy are sort of like the two like purest and most democratic art forms because I think like you know when you think about the other arts like fine arts or whatever I don't think that people really are connecting in the way that they are connecting to music and comedy right and and so like that's where that's where sort of my interest is i'm not really necessarily doing anything creatively within those fields right uh other than cracking a dad joke at work <laughs> every now and again but but yeah i mean so that's like I'm i'm just sort of like endlessly fascinated by those uh art forms i see well if you're gonna be fascinated by music and comedy, then I will be fascinated by <laughs> by memes. Oh yeah, I'm a meme Ooh. boy. <laughs> this, this is what I find so interesting about yeah. our relationship in particular, because I feel like you, the whole the meme of Nick is that you're like a cultural luddite, like you don't know anything about pop culture. No. However, I know about memes. You are deep in the meme world, yeah. which I feel like I don't really have as much of a grasp on. And like, and so actually you're like more immersed in like current pop culture than I am. Yeah. Uh, in a way. Well, it's a different, it's a different pop culture. I think there's just different like areas, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, I guess my interest outside of that is like, I do enjoy like a lot of science and like engineering YouTube videos, right? Mm. I feel like that always can flow into design as well. Like if it's like think recently I was like looking at Fresnel lenses and like thinking about like optical stacks and things like that and how you could translate that into, you know, like a product like glassware. I've always had some sort of idea around that um, or drinkware, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I should do more. I don't know. I guess I should do more like <laughs> out, things outside of uh, design, but you know, I just love design so much. Um, but I'm curious, caller, what you do outside of design that um, feeds into your design work and how does how does it feed into it? Um, the one creative that I have that's like completely separate from design is music. I've been interested in music and playing music. I'm actually like uh, taking a break from uh, like a little jam session right now <laughs> to nice. call you guys. So, uh, I like release and I kind of take a more analytical 
coach making it. I think now after design school and like working, there's like much more of a like strict process to how I want to create it. I kind of follow like a minimal sort of Bruno design process because I love like the minimal ambient music. And I think it gives me like, you know, a little bit of freedom in design work too to kind of like emotionally with what feels right and have a like, vocabulary to say, say to describe like, sort of those more creative feelings uh, that are like, less political about our job. Uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. It's Alessandro, right? Yeah, Alessandro, you can call me Alex. You guys are pals. Uh, <laughs> well, Alex, Alex, <laughs> we uh, we appreciate you calling in, and uh, you know we won't keep you much longer. I think you were cutting out a little bit there, but uh, yeah, we we appreciate the the call and and the question, and uh, thanks for listening. All right, no problem. All right, see you guys. Take care. Nice. Yeah. Music. That's a good question. Good question that makes me look terrible. <laughs> well, what? Because you don't have any hobbies? Well, no. I, I mean, I guess I have some hobbies. Well, I, I kind of felt like there was a certain point after I left school where I was still like not very comfortable with where I was at skill-wise as a designer. Mm. And so I... And I just felt like I need to... Sp- just focus on my career for a bit here. And so like, yeah, I had this music making hobby in college, but I sort of like abandoned it once I moved to New York city and started pursuing my career in design because I felt like I needed to give it like most of my attention. And like, you know, I think that those hobbies I don't know, Dave Joseph can probably speak to this or not, like may resurface later on in life. Like once the kids grow up and, you know, ship them off to college, then you get into the dad rock band and, (laughs) you know, you're playing out of the garage and... I know what our hobby is, James. What? Oh, podcasting. Podcasting. Oh, come on. (laughs) That's a good, that's a hobby, right? It is. I mean, I will say that like now that we've gotten back into the swing of things, I've like tried to be better about documenting like the little ideas that mm-hmm. I have throughout the day. Yeah. Cause like a lot of times, you know, before the podcast or when we were on break, I would just kind of like think about those things and then let them go. But it's nice now that we're doing the podcast again, that I, th- I'm like, Oh, I need to remember that so I can discuss that with Nick you know, on yeah. the podcast. Cause that's where like, that's where you really get to the meat of something. Right. The nitty you know? gritty. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think another few of my hobbies are like, you know, I've been trying to like work out a little bit more and I also enjoy <laughs> tennis and ping pong. And you know, I, you know, <laughs> don't laugh at my I, hobbies. <laughs> where are you playing tennis and ping pong? Well, first of all, this is half a ping pong deal. Did you know that? I I think I saw on your stories. Okay. Yeah, so the table we're podcasting at right now, I built and it's half of a ping pong table. I actually built the entire all my all the desks and tables in the studio are built based off the dimensions of ping pong. Because I wanted to have a ping pong table in the studio. <laughs> Ping pong table. Wait, okay, listen to this. You, are me, you me are me you me telling me right now that the ping pong table is the perfect shape? Yes. Let me tell you. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay. So, the dimensions of a ping pong table is it's not the egg, folks. <laughs> it's the ping pong table. Is nine foot 
by five foot. And is that golden ratio? I don't know. But to make that, it's hard to make because if you want to buy a piece of plywood from Home Depot, plywood comes in four by eight sheets, right? Mm. So you could like you can make you could try to make half, right? You can make a four by five for one side mm-hmm. and a four by five for the other, but that only gives you a five by eight. Doesn't give you that extra nine, and you need that nine, right? Um, <laughs> so I bought like expensive uh, birch plywood that comes in five by five yeah. from Europe and um, and then I based the my computer desks two of them connect up to the five by five what's the history of ping pong where does it originate oh I have no clue <laughs> don't ask me about that I mean I'm curious because like if these are like not standard sizes in the US but they are in Europe I mean I would assume that ping pong like I don't know I've never really looked right. that up. All right. I'm going to look it up right now. Where did ping pong? Maybe first? it is. It, maybe it is originated in Europe because. England. England. Yeah. yeah I guess that's where tennis came from, right? Did tennis but how did, but like, what was the first ball that they used? Cause that ball is very like, how old it's is a very mass manufactured ball right there. Anyways, I'm just proud of my tables. I just had to get that out there. They, I mean, they call it, it looks like they, you know, they prefer to call it table tennis. Right. That's the proper term. But over here in America, we say ping pong <laughs> slang. Where, and where does that come from? Uh, well, we it's, need, it comes from the Because it's ping pong, ping Well, yeah, of course it comes from the sound, but when was that term <laughs> first coined? I'm just like, I'm so curious about the history of table tennis right now. Because I imagine, you know, in those, uh, England winters, they were like, well, we can't exactly go outside <laughs> and play tennis right now, can we? Well, oh, but man. could we do it on this table right here? <laughs> uh, in the early days of the 20th century and was originally called ping pong. Uh, oh, so ping pong's OG. The name actually. table tennis was adopted in 1921 to 1922 when the old ping pong association formed in in 1902 was revived so there's been a ping pong association as far back as 1902 that's crazy hmm. but i'm curious about the evolution of the ball i mean that would be because a good like, design thing to figure out for sure like what was the ball originally cuz like how do they make a ping pong ball is that injection molded? Well, it comes in two halves. Is it blow molded? Wait, uh, two halves? It, yeah, it's... Do you think it's ball. sonically welded together? Possibly. It's I, really thin, and I think it has... I think it has compressed air in it? Or ni- I mean, nitrogen? Seems to. I think there is... It's definitely like pressurized or something, I believe. Yeah. Because um, you can... If you punk, punk a hole in it, it doesn't work as well. I I must know what the history of the ping pong ball is, but maybe we'll get to that on another episode of Minor Details. This is why we need a we need a uh, producer <laughs> <laughs> just to just to bring up the the wiki. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, so basically, your entire studio was built around college vibes. No, listen. In college, they play beer pong. I don't play that. I play ping pong. Okay. Yeah. We we play regulation. 
We play. Is this five like? By is nine. this like a a Baker family? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's uh, a tradition okay. in the family. Right. We had a ping pong table. See, we were more of a foosball family. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I think we had a foosball table too, but definitely ping pong was. The I have player. I have outmatched by myself. I've opposed two people on the opposite team, and and crushed. One v two. One v two. Crushed. Dang. Vanquished. We've never my played foes. Foosball. We should play foosball. Sometimes. Yeah. Although I'm like ter- I'm actually terrible. Okay. I was I was in uh, Chicago with one of my good friends, Chris Carpenter. Shout out uh, a couple of years ago, and we got sharked by a foosball player mm. that was like the most astounding foosball player I've ever seen. He was literally like passing the ball to himself line to line, yeah. row to row, like yeah. controlling the yeah. ball. Control. When people start <laughs> controlling the ball, it's game over. It's but I like, mean, do you spin? Do you do spin or no spin? On foosball? On foosball. No, no, I can't spin. Okay. No, no spin. I can spin obviously in ping pong. Well, no, no. Obviously you can, you're a, like, I'm talking about Oh, you're saying, rule wise. You're saying when you, when you kick the player, do you let it, do you let the handle go? Whee! Well, spinning is no, like that's that's illegal. That's against yeah, the rules. Yeah, spinning right. is just like like random luck, like brute force, right. you know, sort of maneuver in foosball. Yeah. So anyway, this these are the things that really matter in the world of industrial design. I will say, okay, I mean, on this topic because I definitely I I enjoy the the games. I like a, a good game. And I also enjoy pool. Yeah. I've been picking that up a little bit more recently. And I've always wanted to design a pool table that's this perfect cube. Or not a cube, but like just a monolith. So like imagine what I have right now, which is this plywood, right? Yeah. Two two pieces of plywood come together. Imagine just a big sheet of plywood on top. And then the pool table is cut out of the top. And then just goes plywood down on the sides. And of course the edges are beveled, so it's just like seamless. And it's almost like a Judd cube. It's just like perfect cube. And then the okay. pool table's in the middle. I think that'd be a really cool design. Wait, the pool table's in the middle? Well, yeah, just like it's it's just a cube. A cube with the pool table in it. It's a cube though. It's uh, not rec- a rectangle. Sorry, it's a rectangle. Rectangle. It's a rectangular it's a, it's a prism. It's a perfect box. I see. Interesting. Uh, I mean, what's holding you back? I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I already have pink one table. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Yeah. Choose one or the other. It's not enough space. Um, should we bring somebody else up? Yeah. If anyone wants to uh, raise their hand, we can bring you up. Um, and if not, we can talk about another topic. Go back to our AI white, white labeling topic <laughs> that we teased. Well, I, I guess I should just get into it. Um, this was another... I mean, this is... I feel like this is going to be our podcast from now on is like, and since last week I had another thought yeah. on AI. Yeah. Um, but uh, m- more recently my thought on AI was that, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, whether people realize it or not. And I think designers are probably more in tune with whether this is the case or not. But um, companies that white label, now, this is a term that basically means like, I mean, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have been on Alibaba. Like, you can, like, there are factories out there, and these factories manufacture goods that 
any brand, if they were to choose, they could put their logo right. on these products that these companies make and and then sell those products as branded products. Yeah, I feel like it happens a lot in like watches. I feel like there's a lot of white label watches. This is, you know, if you go on like the if you go into like YouTube and start looking down the drop shipping, you know, rabbit hole, because mm. people are always like, oh, you can make so much money drop shipping. Yeah, they'll talk a lot about that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's a lot of like Amazon. Yeah, you could do it with a pen. Yeah. You could like basically whatever you print your you print your name on. Um, but there's companies you know that are making much bigger products that. Like you might not even know. I think during the Lucas Lap Lappy episode of our podcast, we talked about the stroller that they did right. uh, for Lalo, and they used they used some parts of a stroller that the factory was already making, right. and then they brought in textiles and things like you know the, there was a mixture of sort of white labeling with new elements yeah. you know new designed elements and so the the broader point that i was trying to make with ai is that there's this concern that ai will take our jobs because people outside of design will be able to generate imagery and ideas without ever needing a designer and then be able to produce those ideas and um so you're saying that's kind of the equivalent of white labeling. White that labeling. is the equivalent of white labeling because like that's where the designer is necessary as the curator. Cuz like I'm sure that there are pro there are companies out there that are white labeling that are doing it far better than others cuz there's there's somebody at the top who's curating an aesthetic. Whether it's like you know the the logo and the logo application, right. the colors that they're using, you know, whatever it is to create a cohesive brand story or brand language, like brand color palette. And so like, that's where I'm like, well, you know, AI can replace some things, but it can't replace sort of like the, the aesthetic eye like the and vision. the point of view that's necessary right. to create a cohesive brand story. I mean, this is, this is kind of goes, goes back to this idea that I was thinking about where AI almost lets marketing and brand people design. Right. Right. Because what you're saying is like, if it's like white labeling for design, it's like any person who has a vision can just type in what their vision is and design an image and then send that to the factory, which I still want I still want to see it happen. I still want to see that project happen. I'm sure someone's working on it. Um, I thought you were working on yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you know, James, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> I have ideas and I start doing them and I get sidetracked by a new idea. It's yeah. the curse, right? Uh-huh. I saw this meme that was like, I just had to finish this project. I just had to finish one project. It's just like this cycle of, yeah. the cycle of life of just like trying to finish a project. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that's an interesting thought. I definitely think uh, I'm interested to see how that manifests and see if we will get to that point where there's just going to be marketing people or business people that are just churning out AI and sending to factories and picking out stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see what else we have on the, 
the oh i had one thing one little like news update just to kind of kind of i guess tie into the quest pro um i think instagram is now testing um the ability to make and create nfts on the app which i think is kind of wild i think you mentioned i think you mentioned that on a couple or on maybe the last episode so it's it's been this way for a bit where you can post an NFT that's already been made somewhere else online, um, and people can see it and sit and it says digital collectible and it's actually like when you rotate your phone it looks like it's like shiny, which mm. is kind of funny. It's like wait is there is there a glare on my screen? <laughs> um, but now they're testing actually creating and selling them. Okay, uh, which. I will go back because I think a lot of people were kind of critical of Mark Zuckerberg saying that he wants to create this open, you know, ecosystem and open metaverse, um, implementing NFTs into the platform, being able to create them is an open system, right? That's mm-hmm. the whole, the whole way the whole thing works. Um, so I don't know. I thought that was an interesting update. I, I haven't tried it yet. I think they're still testing it. I'm sure I'll get access at some point. Um, I obviously have my own, strong opinions on how to create Ethereum contracts and all that stuff. So it'd be interesting to dig into the details of like, <laughs> you know, what, what code are they actually implementing here? Oh. Um, Cause you know, it's all public, right? Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. It's like, you could read the code if you want and see what, if they're doing anything wrong. Um, I don't know. That was a little good update. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see if there's anyone. Would else. any brave soul care to raise their hand within the, Minor details, chat. We have a few new listeners popping in here, popping in and out. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyoshi the Kid brought up uh, hot takes. Oh, somebody raised their hand. Oh, boy. Okay, we have Plutonium Cube. Okay, we'll, we'll see what Plutonium has to say here. Sounds radioactive. All right. Plutonium, how's it going? Looks like your mic's muted. Oh. Uh, uh, holy crap, I cannot... I cannot believe I am on minor details. I am I'm trembling. Uh, <laughs> welcome, I, welcome. Because, like, you know, I'm an industrial design student, and, like, about a year ago, someone recommended to me, hey, check out this podcast called Minor Details. I was like, wow, people actually talk about industrial design? That's this awesome. This is amazing. Uh, and then I just lurked on the Discord server for, like, a year, and I watched, like, <laughs> one or two episodes, and... No, I'm here because I'm like, wow, I can't can't pass up the opportunity to talk to uh, industrial design pe- people. Uh, you know, uh, so I guess my question, I guess it's a bit of a silly one, but, you know, your podcast is uh, named Minor Details. So I am kind of wondering, what, what is what is the most minor of details that made a disproportionately big impact in either like a product that you've used or a product that you've uh designed mm. okay I, I got a good i got a good oh one. man you're quick on that which i do believe i think i might have talked about this on the podcast but i'll i'm gonna tell it again because that's a good story um my first job out of school working for the pet company i designed this cat they called it the space station it was essentially like this big bowl it looked like a bowl yeah um and it had this little ball that ran around the bottom of it and then had like a scratch pad in it. Um, you know, it's just like some cat toy. And, uh, you know, I had like 
put into SolidWorks. I had all the curves, how I liked it. And being fresh out of school, I didn't quite understand the idea of uh, having variable wall thickness is bad, right? Mm. Like you want to have uniform wall thickness because it cools uniformly. And if it doesn't cool uniformly, things warp. Uh, it was just injection molded plastic. And um, so I had this huge fillet on this cat toy and it had, you know, just this huge chunk of plastic that wasn't uniform at all. And I just remember saying to like the engineer, like, hey, can you just look at this and, and make sure this is okay? And I think I, I think he was a sourcing manager. I don't think he was an engineer. I was like, can you send this to the engineer over in the factory in China? And he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. We'll get it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> of course, of course, it just got made. It just got mm-hmm. made just like that, right? Um, the whole thing warped and then it hit the Amazon reviews and people were like, oh, the ball gets loose every, uh, every time the cat plays with it goes under the, 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 the couch and I can't find it anymore. So it got a lot of bad reviews, but oh. we, we eventually fixed it. We essentially just added more plastic where the part was warping. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like a bad minor detail that affected the whole product. Yeah. Interesting. I'm trying to, I, I'm like struggling to think about, I mean, I will tell, I think I might've told the story previously on the podcast, but there was this, uh, KitchenAid self-leveling measuring spoon thing that I did at, at Lifetime Brands. Yeah. Um, and I, for whatever reason, you know, I had to add some labeling to it. So like, you know, one teaspoon and like however many milliliters or whatever. And um, for some reason I had to manually like put in the decimal points. Yeah. I think there was something okay. going on that I... I I don't know. And so (laughs) we get the first sample back and I am looking at the spoons. I'm trying to like see, inspect the sample to see like, okay, what does, what does the factory need to improve here? Like what's off, what's wrong? You know, we're checking all the dimensions, everything. And I noticed that one of the decimal points that I manually placed is like justified all the way (laughs) In, and it's almost be ab- being absorbed into the number next to it. Oh, no. It's not central between the two numbers that it should be. Uh, totally it, my fault. Okay, so it was in your design file. It was in... Oh, okay. yeah. It was 100% in the design file. And that design file was very complicated. And so, like, it was just one of those things that I just totally, like... Mm. And I was the one who did the production drawings and everything. Like, Lifetime Brands, like... We had a few engineers on staff, but right. they were advisory. Right. Uh, and so I was like, well, <laughs> this is my first major product launch, and I've totally... Wait, so it shipped like that? No. Okay, you fixed So it. I pointed it out yeah. in the inspection and sent it back. Like, you know, my manager was like, I don't know. They might, you know, they might fix it. They might not. Right. They fixed it. Nice. Like it was fixed, so it did not end up getting shipped that way. There was no reason Wait, for them to fix it. Was it necessarily? Em- was it embossed or debossed? Debossed. So that's even harder to fix. Yeah. So I don't know how they fixed it. Like I can't imagine them cutting a totally new tool to like fix this one little spot, which Maybe is it's where like a plug or something. They put yeah, in. I don't know. Which is where I was like, well. You know, maybe they just like put a single weld, tiny weld bead there right. uh, after shaving the other one, the other piece off. But like, 
I couldn't believe that they actually fixed it. I was, I was sure that like, that was just going to be like on my record, on my permanent industrial designer record as like you, <laughs> you, messed you, up. well, this was, idiot. Wait, wait, was this your first product? First product. And that was, that was my first product too. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's first product. You know, the, the details sometimes go astray. <laughs> Oh yeah, totally. Okay, wait. I have one more. I have one more because I want to do one that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm proud of the uh, the knob on the treadmill. Okay, yeah. Because I I did the Peloton treadmill knob. The, the tread. The new knob. That's that's the official name of that product. Is the, the tread. tread? Yes. You you know the names. I'm yeah. I'm just like the freelancer. Um, but the minor detail on that one is that it has kind of a resistance. Uh, click so like when you roll the knob it like kind of you know it kind of like clicks in in a certain number right it's like just like clicks every increment um and of course that correlates to you know the speed you're trying to run on the treadmill um or the incline and i made the surface detail which is just a nice little uh pill shape filleted pill shape the volcano um i made the exact number of uh pills as there are clicks so every oh. time it clicks, it just moves a little pill. Nice. No one would ever notice. Right. But that's a minor detail that I think adds to the experience. Yeah. In my totally. heart. In my heart. I don't, there's no, there's no reviews about it, but <laughs> in my heart that adds. Well, and I guess in the theme of, of uh, Peloton products, I guess my favorite minor detail is probably, you know, since whatever, what I'm working on at Peloton has not been released yet. The Peloton product that I'm most proud of is the, are the dumbbells. Mm-hmm. And the minor detail of it looking, the dumbbell itself looking like a tufted pillow, yeah. which is very abstracted. It's not obvious. It's not like sort of, yeah, in your face, but it's just, it's, it's subtle. And, and I hope right now the, all the Peloton products or a lot of them are on Amazon. And right now that those dumbbells have five star reviews, Amazing. like many, many, I, I was very that's very awesome. happy to see that because I, you know, I'm very proud of that product. Well, I, I appreciate the question, Plutonium. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I am very glad to be here. Any Anything exciting that you're working on right now in school or some concepts that you're excited about exploring? Oh, dear. That's, that's a really, that's a really good uh, question. Uh, let me think. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we're talking about lamps now because, like, that's the next thing: make a lamp out of like acrylic and like styrene. Uh, one thing I I came up with design the other day that I'm really excited about, uh, where I was just thinking about the iMac G4 Cube because you know I just love how that's like suspended in like acrylic and stuff like that. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I basically, I, I basically was like, well, what if there was just an amorphous blob in there? I'm like, dang, that's like really cool. That's I kind of want to do that. Um, I might, I might post that uh, the little sketch that I made in like the Discord. Um, I also uh, another thing I'm excited about is uh, because it's a Friday night, the purchase of uh, a substantial amount of alcohol being rubbed, <laughs> being alcohol to, fill, to refill my copic markers, of course. Uh, you know. Because I mean, you can't have you can't be an industrial designer without the copic markers. You just you, you just implode. You you, you just disintegrate instantly. 
So I need to I need to minimize myself uh, through buying really expensive really expensive markers and then refilling them the cheapest way possible. That's good. Yeah, I got to keep those markers refilled with a lot of alcohol. So. <laughs> um, well, we appreciate you popping up here, Plutonium, and uh, good luck on your school and schooling. And um, yeah, appreciate the yeah appreciate you listening and have, having a good. Question Looking forward to seeing your report card. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna take a good look at that. Uh, the grades don't matter. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's a, portfolio. We should we should say since we're talking to a student. One of the things that one of my professors said, which alleviated a lot of stress for me and actually ended up making like, I got feel, I feel like I got better grades afterward. He was like, like, don't worry about pleasing us. Like basically like, and don't worry about your grades, worry about your portfolio. That's good. Like that's the thing that you should be worried about. We might disagree with decisions that you make, but ultimately it's about your portfolio and you know obviously getting hired and so like once i once i was like stop stopped worrying about pleasing the professors and was just like okay i need to focus on just like making good work for my portfolio like the grades followed you know sort of thing so yeah i think that that's um some good advice for students definitely yeah i feel like not many of my professors mentioned that but i (laughs) but i think it was obviously understood but it's nice to like that a professor was like adamant about it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, plutonium. We'll, uh, thank you. I think we'll, uh, uh, glad, glad to be here. Awesome. All right. Take care. We'll, we'll bring someone else up. Maybe one more. If anyone else wants to come up with, this is a long podcast. James. I don't think we've done a podcast this long. We have not done a podcast this long, but that's fine. Um, Oh, should I? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, the floor is open for anybody who wants to raise their hand and come up, but I was going to unleash a hot take. Yeah, what's a hot take? Uh, I was recently talking about this at work, um, and uh, we were talking about bad design that's good and good design that's bad, Mm. and, and I was focusing on the the good design that's bad part okay. that people think yeah. is good design. Somebody brought up bad. Dyson, which I know that you would appreciate. Well, hang on. Good design quote unquote, good design. That's bad. I think it's good. Functionally bad aesthetically. Yeah. But we won't, we won't, we don't have to, don't have I to do want to have that conversation Sounds someday. Good. Sure. But my hot take was that the, uh, Dieter Rams record player, I think is bad. Illegal. (laughs) Arrest this man. Illegal. I think it's how dare you blaspheme. I think it's quote unquote good design that's bad. I'm sure proportionally it's all there. I'm sure that like, you know, it was revolutionary for the time. We're talking about the We're we're talking about Snow White. Snow White, the the glass coffin, they say. Isn't it acrylic? Is it glass? But I guess that's why they call it Snow White, because glass. I um I think it's hideous. Well, now you got to figure it out. Now you have to explain why you think it's bad. You just think it's hideous? No, no, no. Here's, here's what I think about Snow White. All right. What's, what's... So, I mean, obviously, Dieter Rams is just like held up as this monolith of, right. of ID. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily love everything that he's All right, done. Would you go as far to say, are you about to say that Dieter Rams is mid? <laughs> I think Johnny Ive iMac 3 era or G3 era is like 
<laughs> it's better than anything Dina Rams did. Oh my lord! No, no, here we go. So what I'm saying about the record player is like I understand how it was revolutionary for the time because like I th- I feel like and I I should really do my research and like history of product, right? But I feel like at that time a lot of what you saw in terms of record players was like a lot of wood or like brushed metal Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Right. Like, and so. I mean, acrylic was pretty new, I think. Oh yes. so like a lot of record players were, were probably, you know, and just like home entertainment systems were predominantly wood or metal uh, or metal. And so like, I feel like the minimal usage of the wood in there is actually like this stripping back of a convention. And then obviously the acrylic is the introduction of a new material. But I feel like the three materials combined do not work. I I think that that record player would be so much nicer if it did not have the wood accents. I 100% agree. You agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, oh, you, now, now that you say yeah! it, now that you say it, I think if it was metal sides with the acrylic, it would have given more prominence to the innovation of pentacrylic. Yeah. Right. It was like, I don't think it was a very popular thing to, to use was this pentacrylic method. Um, so it's just like the wood distracts it. I think you're yeah. right. I think like, I, I feel like there's sort of a, an unwritten rule when it comes to industrial design, which is like the amount of differing materials that you use within Mm -hmm. a product and i feel like i yeah metal and acrylic would be an amazing record player metal acrylic and wood it's too much i actually so there's this pretty prominent furniture slash i guess object interior designer called uh uh philip malin mulin uh, I I think I butchered his name, but um, <laughs> I was watching. I was either reading or watching an interview by him, and he, he every product he makes is only one material. So oh, okay. he only everything he makes, whether it's a chair or you know a desk, he only focuses on one material. So mm. he won't add extra materials, which I think is like a it's a good rule because one, it makes your designs. Uh, less busy and more focused and also i think it's just easier to design something with more material you don't mm. have to like worry about balancing the two mm. but you're right three materials is a lot i think two i think two materials is sort of like max as as major gestures right because like in that in that piece well, if you, yeah, you know white like plastic screws and stuff you know, you're like stuff. you're talking about a like big wooden sides I think sheet metal or something like metal body. Right. And then acrylic top, like all of the, all of these three major pieces are like, are different materials treated differently. I don't like it. I will say, I don't like it. I mean, also to, to, to riff on the topic of good design that's bad. Also, I don't know if this is necessarily an iconic design as in like quote unquote, like good design, but, um, I think that was kind of my beef with uh, the layer bookend speaker mm. for Bang & Olsen mm. was it had a lot of details going on with like wood 
and fabric and metal. I don't know if there's fabric on it. We have to look it up again. I know we talked about it on the podcast, but yeah, I, I think it's the same thing where it's like, I think you just got to strip back and focus on that one element. Yeah. Whatever that innovation is. Yeah. I mean, there's a dominant gesture and there's, there's, you know, a subdominant in, in some cases. We made it, James. We did it. Two hour podcast, man. What a podcast. Yeah. Um, 100 episodes. Now, 100. 100. What are we, what are we doing? Well, we got to go 200, I guess, after this. Oh my God. Well, of course, inevitably. Um, well, it's funny because like we took, we took time off and then like we recorded four more episodes and got to 100. Right. Cause like, you know, we're getting back into a flow now. So it kind of feels like it already does kind of feel like the second era the set like the second chapter of this podcast right. history well technically it's season four but i read in i put in the season are you gonna get technical on me <laughs> now nick because we you know every every year we end the season so it's yeah, like yeah. we did the finale um but yeah it, I, I agree it's like the new age for sure yeah and we got the rebrand to to signify that yeah yeah it's exciting um so yeah i don't know any closing thoughts on on this on this journey um I think it's just been a lot of fun and I, I hope to keep doing it. I mean, I feel like it's a great, it's almost like a, a diary of our lives at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, just listening back to like the first episodes, just like hearing us like scramble around. I mean, we're still scrambling around, but you know, it's just <laughs> like, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think also I really appreciate everyone listening and just supporting us. I mean, it's like, you know, it's nice that people listen. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I feel like every once in a while I'll get a message that's like, Hey, you know, I listen to the podcast and I really appreciate it. So yeah, it, it does like, you know, callers like plutonium make, make me wonder, you know, if there's like how many new listeners, you know, students, cause I would imagine that especially students, cause like when you get in, like get into design school, it's like this veil has been lifted where you're like, oh my gosh, there's this whole world that right. I had no idea about. And so like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's nice to think that we're maybe a little part of that, yeah. you know, like welcome to industrial design <laughs> kind of welcome, thing. Welcome to industrial design. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. Um, as always, I'm Nick. And I'm James. Peace. See you at 200. <laughs> <laughs>